Morning Life Point. Hope everyone's doing well this morning and all the kids are seated nicely on the couch ready for the sermon this morning. Uh, my name is Matt Sidley. I'm one of our life group leaders here at Life Point. Uh, Jim and I have been tag teaming the sermon series that we're in right now, uh, uh, Simple Virtues for Complex Times. And we're in Sermon 5 uh, in the sermon series right now. And if you've missed any of the past ones, you can go check them out online. You can check them out on Facebook, YouTube. Um, we have a podcast. Um, and if needed, we could actually have an eight-track delivered to your house by carrier pigeon. Um, that's right, Evan. We have the carrier pigeons? No? Okay. We don't have carrier pigeons. I'm sorry. No carrier pigeon option. But Facebook, YouTube, podcast, check it out. Uh, and I'd encourage you definitely, like right now, in the time that we're in, it's even more important for us to be socially connected with us having to socially distance during this time. So please, reach out, with, reach out on Facebook and YouTube and check it out and be connected. We have... Uh, one of the things that I was talking about, uh, I heard that next week, for the next week's sermon, that we're going to be partaking in communion together, uh, albeit virtually, um, but Jim's going to lead us kind of through communion to take communion together. So for that, it's going to be at our homes, because that's what we're still doing, meeting at homes. And so if you want to partake in communion, you're going to need the communion supplies yourself, some bread, some juice, um, whatever elements that you're able to muster to be able to partake with it Um with us together. So that's coming. So if you're placing your shopping order ahead of time, you can be prepared. Uh, so that's coming next week. So let's go ahead and pray before we dive into God's word today. Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for this uh, time that we have to be together. We thank you for this time that we have to look at your word. Father, we ask that you uh, just be with us, be with your church today, uh, your church all over as we're gathering online, all over, all over Lacey and Olympia and Washington and the United States and the world. Father, as your church gathers, be with us, breathe life into us, encourage us, uh, and just uh, be preparing us for the time in which we live. Equip us for it, and we love you in Jesus' name, amen. So Simple Virtues for Complex Times, the sermon series I mentioned we're in, which is based off the fruit of the Spirit, which is in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 23. So if you have your Bibles and you want to turn there, I'm going to read, we have, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So today we're going to be looking at the virtue of kindness. So what is kindness? I find that the word kind is a very small word, but it has far-reaching implications. Often I find myself telling my children to be kind, normally after they've just finished committing an unkind act. Um, but what is kindness? And I feel a little nervous today even talking to you about kindness because I have to say this out front, that I am not a master of kindness. Uh, I am, I struggle at times to be kind. I am no master of kindness. I'm just throwing that out there right now. But I was looking for some definitions of kindness online and one of the things I found was that the definition of kindness was the quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate. I was like, oh, this, this sounds kind of good, but you know, sometimes when you like, you search for something online and then like you see like other questions, like auto-populate below that one. And there was one, when I was searching for the definition of kindness online, there was one that popped up and it said, what is kindness really? And they got me, so I clicked it. 
And so psychology today then told me that kindness can also encompass uh, affection and gentleness and warmth and, and concern and care and that it requires this, this strength and courage to be kind. I like the sound of this kindness. It sounds good to me. And I feel like right now our society is searching for kindness. It's in desperate need of kindness. In our, in our culture, it's almost become a buzzword. My wife uh, knew I was working on this sermon throughout the last couple of weeks and she was driving and she was at a stoplight and she, uh, I guess hopefully there's no law enforcement that's watching, but she took a picture of a car while she was driving, stopped at a stoplight. Um, but it was from, a, a, someone had bought a new car and it was from like I-5 cars in Tacoma. And you know when you buy like a new car and you don't have your license plate, license plate frame yet and all that stuff. And so there's like an ad that's there and their ad for I-5 cars literally said, be kind. And it's probably a very good message to be communicating to people when they're out there on the road, you know, be kind while you're driving, right? But so the car dealership is advertising to people to be kind. Uh, popular TV show, Ellen DeGeneres' show, she advertises like her big slogan is she wants people to be kind to one another. Everyone's interested in people being kind, and it's something that's easily talked about, be kind, but it's slightly harder to execute, slightly harder to execute. Looking more like a, a biblical definition of kindness, we see that it's this moral goodness. It's an integrity. It's an integrity of God. And as I was looking at it, I was just like, man, moral goodness, that, that can encompass so many things. So many things. Like, I need a little bit more, and you kind of expand on it, and you look in the words that are used. Uh, there's so many different Greek and Hebrew words for kindness. So many of them that are out there. So today we're going to go on a little adventure together uh, through the world of kindness uh, in God's word. And so if you have your Bibles, if you want to turn with me to Psalm 145, we're going to go there first. Uh, and so David is writing uh, one of his psalms that he's you know, singing praises to the Lord, talking about how great uh, the Lord is. And so in 145, if you look at verse 8. It says, the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all he has made. The Lord is good to all. God's mercy is extended to all. His kindness is extended to all. If you go back even just from the beginning, the fact that God created the heavens and the earth and everything he made and made people... In his kindness, he's given us life. In his kindness, he's shown us what is right and what is wrong. He's given us the law. And there's all these these stories and examples of kindness of uh, of God all throughout the Old Testament, and then building uh, building towards Jesus, right? And but it's for, it's to all. If we look in Matthew chapter five and Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he, he talks about you know he says that God sends his son in the his in the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. God's kindness is is for all. It's for those that love him and those that are enemies against him, those that are that are wicked and ungrateful. It it covers all. It covers all. And one of the things that I find is interesting is that when you look in scripture is that God's kindness, kindness that it comes from God, leads people towards repentance. Uh, if you look in Romans chapter two, verse four, if you want to turn with me. Uh, go ahead and go for it, but sorry, I got my little cheat sheet notes, so I'm going to get there a little faster than you will. But in Romans chapter 2, verse 4, he says, Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness 
and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. At the beginning of the chapter, Paul had been talking about, you know, reminding believers not to be judging other people. Like, don't judge other people because you too are doing the exact same thing. So, like, you know, and so he's like, are you literally, are you just going to rely on, um, are you going to rely on God's forbearance? Are you going to rely on his patience? Are you going to rely on his kindness and sit back and kind of do nothing? And he says, no, that it's to lead you to repentance. It's to lead you to repentance. And these blessings that God has, he has poured out on you, and he's poured out his kindness on you, is to lead us to repentance. And looking at this repentance, repentance, I feel, is is twofold. There's a repentance for those of us that are believers. God's kindness can, his grace, his mercy, his compassion, his love, his understanding uh, can lead me to change, can lead me to make a, adjustments to my life and what I'm doing where I repent, where, you know, the, the, the definition I've always heard of repentance is where I turn from one thing and kind of do a 180 and then head back towards God. So there might be things that I see and experience in my life where I see other people's kindness and what they're doing and it reminds me of something that I need to repent of as a believer. You know? And there's the other for the non-believer. When we see the kindness of God that the non-believer could be led towards salvation from seeing God's kindness, experiencing God's kindness, experiencing God's kindness that we get to show in our daily lives through the life in the spirit that we have. And these can be simple things. They can be grandiose things. It could be when you're at the grocery store right now and you're the last one in line to get toilet paper and you forego and let the person behind you have it because you're being kind. God could use that to be like, man, why, why would this person, why would this person give up their toilet paper, which is a valuable thing right now for me? And that kindness could lead towards repentance. We have, uh, yesterday, Saturday was the, the, our 6K walk for water with World Vision. Why would you walk? Why would I, why would you spend this time walking and getting sore knees and sore hamstrings and elbows for other people? Why would you do that? And that's, it's that kindness that we show towards other people that other people could see and it could lead them towards repentance. It can lead us and be like, as if even for believers, you go, man, I, you know, everyone's out there walking, getting water for people. And I've been very self-centered right now, very self-focused. I need to repent of what I'm doing. That God's kindness, as we see it acted out in the world, can lead, it leads towards repentance. It's its goal. And so the Holy Spirit, when he's at work in our lives, can lead others to Jesus just by us being kind like God. I don't know if you let that sink in for a moment. Let that sink in for a moment. Scripture tells us that Jesus Christ is the fullness of God's kindness. If you want to turn to Titus chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 1. It says this. It says, Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, to show perfect courtesy toward all people. Perfect courtesy towards all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us 
not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Amen. So in the first three verses, Paul's uh, describing here to Titus kind of life before kindness, the way life was before and, and how we were living. And then when Jesus came, when fullness, when the fullness of kindness was was came, we were saved. Jesus came and he saved us. And it wasn't because of our works. It wasn't because of our deeds. It had nothing to do with anything that we'd done. It had everything to do with who God is, who his character is. It was by his mercy It was by His work. And it's through His work, through the Spirit in our lives, that He's going to accomplish these things. In verse 6, it says that He poured out on us richly. He poured out on us. God doesn't just offer a small drop of His kindness. He pours out the whole jar. I was thinking about this. Uh, I watch a lot of uh, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Um, for some reason, both of my boys have really enjoyed that show. I enjoy Winnie the Pooh as well. But uh, I watch lots of Winnie the Pooh. Like, I have a digital copy of it now because we watch Winnie the Pooh a lot. It just reminded me of that scene, for those of you that are familiar with it, when Winnie the Pooh goes to Rabbit's house. Because he goes to visit his friend Rabbit because his friend Rabbit uses the words uh, that Pooh remembers of, how about lunch? And so Winnie the Pooh kind of happens upon Rabbit's doorstep and Rabbit kind of reluctantly eventually invites Pooh into his home and Pooh likes honey, right? Winnie the Pooh likes honey. Everyone knows this. And so Rabbit takes his jar and he pours just a small smidgen of honey on the plate. And so Pooh requests, you know, I was hoping for a little bit of a bigger small helping. And then Pooh ends up eating all the honey in Rabbit's house. Every last drop of all this honey he had, all this honey that was so much that Pooh became so large that he got stuck in Rabbit's house and couldn't get out the door. This is how God is generous towards us with his kindness. He's not coming like Rabbit and just giving us a small portion. He pours it out generously. All the honey that we have, all the kindness that he has, he pours out on us. It says there too in Titus that we can be heirs of God's kingdom. This kindness, that it should be permeating us. It would be oozing out of us, leading others to repentance. Leading others to repentance. And so God's kindness is not only limited to salvation, although salvation is kind of the most important piece of it. But God's kindness can also lead through to deliverance. If we look at Old Testament scriptures, it can deliverance from affliction, deliverance from, from fear and doubt and trouble. And we've seen God's deliverance from addiction. And there are countless Old Testament passages. And there's one that I want to look at today when, uh, when Jim was, you know, we were kind of divvying up the, the passages that we were going to cover and the, the virtues that we were going to cover the Holy Spirit. And I saw that I was going to be preaching today on kindness. The first story that came to mind when I was thinking of, of of kindness shown, this kindness of God, which I feel is applicable to both uh, both kind of situations of God's kindness through salvation and also God's kindness through circumstances and things that He does, uh, is the story of Mephibosheth. I'm probably going to butcher this name numerous times here as we talk, but if you have your Bibles, if you want to turn to Second Samuel chapter nine. 
So in 2 Samuel chapter 9, we're looking at the story. This is, so David is king, uh, and David was good friends with Jonathan. Jonathan was one of his good friends. But there was a problem or an issue in their relationship is that Jonathan was the son of Saul, who was the king before David. And so when the whole story plays out, uh, Saul decides he's going to try to kill David because he finds out that David is going to be the next king and there's jealousy and there's all, all these things going on. So that, you know, kind of drives a wedge between him, his relationship with Jonathan. So Jonathan has kind of, for the sake of his relationship with the father, kind of goes with his father. And then eventually Saul and his son Jonathan are killed in battle and David becomes king. And so here David, just kind of out of nowhere, decides that he says in verse 1, He said, is there anyone left in the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? So he's asking, is there anyone else that I can show this loving kindness of God to in Jonathan's family? And so it's brought up that there, that there's a, that there's a a young man that has lame feet by the name of Mephibosheth and that he's living off in this far off land and that they can go get him. And so King David summons him. So we're going to look here. Let's start in verse 5, chapter 9, verse 5. It says, Then David sent and brought him from the house of Micar, Machir, I'm sorry, the son of Amiel at Lodabar, and Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David, fell on his face, and paid homage. And David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Behold, I am your servant. And David said to him, Do not fear, for I will show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan, and I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your father, and you shall eat at my table always. And he paid homage and said, What is your servant that you should regard for a dead dog such as I? Mephibosheth had heard that David wanted to show him kindness. And then he's being summoned to the king. Now, back in those days, when a new king would take over, it was not uncommon for in the land and the regions and everywhere that you know new king takes over. I'm going to wipe out everyone in the old king's lineage just to make sure that there's no challenges to my heir and someone coming trying to stab me at night while I'm sleeping. So I'm just going to eliminate the whole line and take care of it. So Mephibosheth already has some fears. What's David going to do? He says he's he's talking about this loving kindness that I've heard that he wants to show me, and this is why he's summoning me. But he's obviously afraid when he comes to David. When he's summoned there, he comes in fear. He comes in fear of what David might do, what he could do, because he's the king. And David says, I want to show you kindness. And this kindness that he's showing has nothing to do with what Mephibosheth Meshibbethev has done. It has nothing to do with what he has done. And he's going to restore to him the land of his father Saul. All the land that Saul, his grandfather owned, the king, right, of Israel, I'm going to restore to you. It will be yours again and you will eat at my table. He's invited to eat at the king's table all the time. He's invited to eat at the king's table all the time. The time. If you, if we skip down and looked at verse 11 and they talk about it, so the, you know, the, the plans play out, David's plans play out here to show this loving kindness to Mephibosheth. And it says in verse, in se- verse 11 that he ate at king's table and he was like one of the king's sons. He was like one of the king's sons. 
He ate at the king's table. And then he says at the end, he, you know, like what? How could you show such regard to a dead dog such as I? How could you show this kindness to me? You think Mephibosheth's life was changed through the kindness that David showed, the kindness that God showed him? This is the kindness of our God. Being kind is important. I was talking with Pastor Steve a couple of weeks ago, uh, telling him that I was going to be preaching on kindness. And, and he gave me, he's the, you know, he's like, I know a guy down in Oregon and I'm going to give you his number and you should give him a call. And so he gave me uh, Joel Mason's phone number and, you know, I gave him a, a call because he was telling me all these things that were going on down at his church down in Hillsboro, Oregon. So I had a chance to speak with Joel here this last week. Um, talk about, there's a movement called revolution, excuse me, not revolution, resolution. I'm going to butcher that one too. Resolution kindness. So it started at his church. He, they were doing a sermon series. He was doing a sermon series on the kindness of God. Uh, and as he was going through this, this movement was born. Resolution kindness. And it was based around the verse that we looked at already, Romans chapter 2, verse 4, that, that the, the loving kindness of God can lead people towards repentance. Because as a church, how can we see our communities come to see God? Because that's, that's one of the prime, that's one of the primary things that we're about is that we want people to get to know God, to come to experience God. We want them to experience the loving kindness of God and in a relationship with Him that will end in eternity with Him in paradise. And I don't want this just for me. I want this for my neighbors and, and my friends and, and my enemies, which is difficult, right? You know, I want, I want to want that for them. So, and so yes, there might be opportunities that I have to share the gospel that come up with people, but, you know, but there are opportunities that just through being kind, the power of kindness, which is an attribute of God, that we can lead people to repentance. So they kind of came up with, uh, they kind of came up with these, these, the, this kind of, kind of core values for, um, resolution kindness. And it started off with kind of their church having this relationship, kind of like LifePoint. We have a relationship with our community, with the school district and everything. They started off with a relationship with the mayor. And they started this, this kindness initiative, this kindness movement. And so the mayor's office in Hillsboro adopted resolution kindness. And their school district adopted it. And then a bunch of individuals adopted it as well. A bunch of local businesses in the community. Their local police department adopted this curriculum and started training their officers with resolution kindness as material. And so they have like bumper stickers on the police cars in their community. And kindness is taking over. And who knows, maybe that's going to be spreading up here as well. You know, this, this kindness movement. But one of the things that they had is they had there's five acts to focus on. And I always like practical uh, application of things that we can do. Because here we have the fruit of the Spirit. God can give us this kindness. He's shown us this kindness. He'll give us it in measure as we need it. But at the same time, we have the opportunity to participate in it and showing kindness. So how do we show kindness? So they came up with five very simple steps that I want to share with you. The first one that they came up with, with um, resolution kindness is to smile at people. It sounds so simple, doesn't it? When you interact with people and you talk with people, that you just smile. Right? You smile at people. It's much nicer than frowning. And the next thing is that you listen to people. That we listen to people. We show people kindness when we listen. And 
the type of listening they're talking about is sometimes you can listen to people. I don't know if you've done this where you listen, but the entire time I'm listening to you, I'm just thinking about what I'm going to say next because it's about me and I want to chime into this conversation and have something important to contribute. But when they talk about listening to people, they're talking about what uh, they refer to out there as active listening, that I'm going to listen to everything you're saying, just you. I'm not going to be thinking about my response. I'm not going to be thinking about anything. I just want to focus on what you're saying and listening to what you're saying. So we listen to people, and then as we listen to people, then we can encourage people. So we've listened to people, we under, we've gained an understanding, a, a common ground with them, and now we can encourage them in what they're going through, encouraging them in life. And then as we're encouraging them in life, this needs to, leads to the next step, which is the fourth one, which is helping. So now that we've gained some insight and some understanding into other people's relationships and what they're going on, we can know how we can offer help. And right now, they're in the time that we're living in amongst this coronavirus, there's so many opportunities for help with our people in our elderly community, those that can't go out and get things at the store. There are so many opportunities to help, so many opportunities to help. And the fifth one, which sounds very, very simple, is saying thank you, saying thank you to people, thanking people for what they've done conveying to them the importance and the value of what they've done for you and that it was valuable to you. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. So these are their steps. Uh, I'm sure Evan can put like a little connect thing to their website if you want to check it up. I signed up on their, their mailing list to kind of check out and see, you know, what's going on as they're doing this. And I, when I was talking to Joel, he was saying, you know, they're updating uh, a lot of their stuff right now and because they're wanting to kind of go national with this campaign with resolution kindness and spread the kindness of God throughout our communities, throughout our state, throughout our nation, you know, bringing the kindness of God into the school districts, into the government, into other people's homes and businesses, so that hopefully it will lead them to repentance and will lead them to a relationship with God. And this is the kindness of God that we can experience in our own lives, leading us to the Lord, because he saved us, and that's our response to it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are kind. Father, we thank you that you, that you've created us, you've made us, you love us, uh, you want a relationship with us. Father, and you want a relationship with us in our, in our, in our state of rebellion, where we've rebelled against you. And that you want to have that relationship with us. That you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross, pay the penalty for our sin so that we can have that relationship with you. Father, Jesus is the fulfillment of your kindness. It's the full manifestation of it. Father, we thank you that you're willing to do that. I ask that you help us to be people that live lives that are changed by that kindness. Father, that we would see the kindness of of you uh, through the kindness of others uh, that are living life by the Spirit and that it would move us to repentance. And Father, that we could live lives and be kind to the members of our community so much in a way that they are led to repentance as well and that they would come to know you. Father, this is a deep desire of my heart. It's a deep desire of our hearts. Father, we just give that to you. We ask that you be with us. This week, as we go about our weeks uh, in the new normal of what it is, and Father, we ask that you be with uh, our leaders and everyone in the government as the new the phases are rolling out of everything that we have, uh, uh, with things becoming open again more in coming weeks. Father, we ask that your hand be over all that, and we love you in Jesus' name.
Amen. So reminder, communion next week. Got to get your own supplies. Be prepared. Be ready. We're going to partake of it together. Jim will uh, take us through that at some point during his sermon next week. Uh, uh, World Vision, Walk for Water, 6K. I'm looking forward to seeing everyone's pictures, if I haven't seen them already on Facebook, um, of your walking and the kindness that you've shown to our community and the kindness you've shown to people on the other side of the world. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that. You guys have a good week.